All right, welcome to the special edition of the Movie Dummies podcast. Um, I have a special guest with me as I'm flying kind of solo today. Uh, this is just Joe, and a special guest, Justice Curie, is coming on. A, uh, I would say, an avid Star Wars fan. Is that fair to say, Justin? Justice. That's that's fair to say, and I go by Justice or Justin, Tomato Tomato. But uh, yeah, I, I'm I know enough about Star Wars to make me dangerous. But uh, for sure, yes, yes. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Um, we thanks. We are in the select few, I guess, that have actually seen the Last Jedi. Um, yep. We have kind of contrary opinions about it, and I thought you'd be a great person mm. to talk to about the movie. Oh, really? As a little sir. tiny, yeah, you mini spoiler cast. Oh yeah, definitely tell people uh, spoiler filled because you don't want to get uh, oh yeah uh, death threats and you know bombs mailed to you and poisoned at restaurants. So yeah, so spoiler alert. Yeah, if, if you haven't seen the Last Jedi yet, shut this off. Don't listen to this. Uh, there will be spoilers ahead. And uh, believe it or not, Ray is Luke's father. Who knew? <laughs> yeah, who knew? <laughs> <laughs> yes, John oh. Candy comes back. <laughs> he was in Spaceballs, but they resurrected him. Yeah, that's right. And you know, the main bad guy in this one isn't Snoke, it's Pizza the Hut. It's just this crossover. <laughs> it's fantastic and it crazy. That was my favorite part, though. Right, 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 right. I think I might have did shrooms before I went in. I'm not sure. <laughs> you too? <laughs> that's right, Consuela. No, no, no. It's, uh, the Last Jedi. Um, I have. I I guess I wasn't trolling the internet very much when The Force Awakens came out. I was busy with my family on vacations, but uh, I I have oh, no idea if the we, fan reaction was this can, divisive. Can we tell the people a little side story? Because you kind of sequestered yourself before The Force Awakens, yes. and you didn't watch any trailers, correct? Correct. And. And there was another podcast that I was involved in. Yes. And I told you, I go, hey, I was a special guest. You need to listen to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I and remember. you did. You listened to it. <laughs> and what happened? Uh, they started talking about uh, The Force Awakens. And I went, ha! And I threw my earbuds out of my ear. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, dang you, Justin. <laughs> oh, you had some choice words from me. Like, you like, called me up. Like, how dare cursing. you? <laughs> how dare you, sir? I was like, but on, I didn't man. hear anything. And, that. you know. <laughs> I was just like, I had to keep skipping through, and they kept saying Star Wars. I was like, no, skip, 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 and I did end up finishing it. But uh, this time, I went in completely blind. I didn't see a teaser. I didn't I didn't see a frame of film, nothing. Oh, wow. You know, so I was, I had zero expectation about anything, and I, I don't know if that had any effect. I mean, did you watch the trailers? Yeah, I watched them several times over. It gave me, you know, the goosebumps, the great feelings, the high expectations, um, you're a little bit better than me at this, but I think you have a, a cinema mind where you can almost predict a movie just by watching the trailer. Am I right? Yeah, I've watched so many movies. I mean, probably 5,000 or so I don't, or more. I don't know. So it's mm-hmm. uh, there's not a whole lot that's going to shock me or surprise me. It's pretty rare. Um, yeah. You know, so just seeing trailers, I can usually get. Uh, you gist. know the gist, and I, to be honest, yep. after watching the Last Jedi, I did watch the—I don't know if it was the teaser or what—but I got nothing. Like the trailer oh, offered wow. me nothing. Actually, nothing that was actually in the movie. So I wanted to ask you: Did these trailers lead you down a path that wasn't um, what the what the movie actually turned out to be? Well, yes and no. Just with little things, like when you saw. Uh, Kylo Ren in the spaceship, and he's he's coming at uh, Princess Leia's mother's um, mm-hmm. the big shuttle, and he's blasting it, and you see that look in her eye, and you're like, oh gosh, he kills her, and right. you're like, why are they showing me this and giving me this big spoiler? But my mind went, oh, okay, Carrie Fisher's dead. They kind of want to get it out there with the fans that they kill her off, but it was still bizarre to me seeing that in the trailer, like making it obvious, but. Sure huge plot twist and huge negativity focal point which you know what happens yes yeah. carrie fish princess leia she lives so, yes she lived through that attack which was just bizarre it didn't feel right i did you think it yes how, how did it, it well with you this is uh i've addressed this in my uh 
review post on moviedummies.com, uh, the spoiler one. Um, Shannon wrote one that was spoiler-free for all those who haven't seen it yet, but I, I searched through, I don't know, 250 Reddit comments about why everyone hated the movie, and I got to tell you, it was like a flame war. So it, yeah, people just don't like this movie, and there was four common things that kept coming up. Um, mm-hmm. One of those was, oh, Leia has force powers. It was never established before, so she can't have the powers. But no, I I believe she had powers, and I was fine with her learning the force. But that was just a little too far. Well, it is in the extended universe. If you go back to some of the books, I know for a fact there was a book I read um, where Luke, um, when he's he's in some spaceship with Mara Jade. I, I'm just you know, if somebody's out there that can give me the for sure about this, please do. But uh, from what I remember. He was with Mara Jade. They only had one suit. He put her in it, and they had to like shuttle, scuttle their ship and get to a different ship. And he went out there uh, bare, but he was able to create what's called a force bubble. Okay, and yep. So he created like a bubble around himself, which, if you looked closely when they showed Carrie Fisher's eyeballs, the ice wasn't on her. Uh, it looked like there was not a, on her eyeballs, right? It, what, okay. it was like there was a skin in between her skin and space, like she was wearing something, and she was able to create a force yep. bubble. Now, the other quite, the other thing that I addressed in my review was, well, how how could she have done that? And Qui Gon establishes in Episode One that the Jedi don't really have fast reflexes; they're able to see the future. Okay, so if she's able to know the missiles are coming, um. She's able to prepare herself with her force bubble before the breach of the hall, right? So yep. it's it's yep. plausible. They've added enough there in the movie and in canon that makes it a plausible thing to have happened. Whether or not you believe Leia is capable of it, that's another thing. And if you, like me, have seen her use the force continually throughout the series, even going back to the original trilogy, right? Mm-hmm. She knows yep. where Luke is. Why can't she yeah, do this yeah. now? It's been him. 30 years. But why didn't they kill her? I mean, that would have been a perfect opportunity to they let her go. They didn't know she was um, going to die. Yeah, I guess they had it written, be probably shot and written. The and whole thing had, had been a shot, shot for probably about couldn't. a year before yep. she died. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that wouldn't make any sense. She died and then they can't shoot it. Jeez, what am I talking yeah. about? But well, you're right. And, and they're not going to change it. They probably were in a pickle like, oh my gosh, how do we do this? Do we bring CGI... Leia in here yeah, again. I know. It, it didn't work that no. great in Rogue One, right? But right. I think I think no, the way they're going to handle it, and if I if I were to take any guess, and if I were to hazard any sort of guess about JJ, is we're going to see a huge time jump between episodes uh, eight and nine, and she'll be dead by the time that movie starts, and they could still bring her back with Mark Hamill as a Force ghost and just have somebody else voice her. I don't know. They're not going to put because Force ghosts have to have some kind of special i don't remember how the whole thing was with the clone wars when um yoda or obi-wan kind of went to that special temple and they figured out qui-gon was the first force ghost right so she can't i don't think she can necessarily be a force ghost well the thing that allowed it qui-gon might not have been the first there is heavy speculation that plagueis the wise was the first and they did so by rejecting an ideology and accepting just the living force. Um, okay. So like, you know that Qui-Gon has already done that prior to his death. Cause he's like, screw you Jedi order. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And he's very much just for the force and not necessarily the religion based around the force. Yes. He wasn't skewed to the far, around um, the good and, side. He was kind of this more fuzzy gray area, if you will. Um, which I think the the series is going to explore more about this, the gray area. Because if you have an extreme evil or extreme good, there's there's some huge negatives. Exactly. Well, which, you're, you're denying yourself half of the experience. Yeah. You know? And you gotta, you got to learn just like, and I, of course, I, I'm the tangent king, so we're going to bounce around this conversation. <laughs> um, but, but think about that. When Yoda was talking to Luke and, and he said, the greatest teacher is failure. And in our own personal lives, our greatest teacher, I learned from doing the wrong thing. 
So when when Luke beat himself up so bad about losing Kylo Ren and, and going, man, I screwed up so bad with Ben. Um, and Yoda's going, hey, you learn from that. Don't don't make a new mistake by losing Ray too. So right. I, I think that's just an important topic. We're gonna we're gonna learn with. Uh, a, I don't know. Help me out. Pull me out of water here. Well, <laughs> I'm treading I, water. I'm I drowning. totally agree with you. I think, but I think like. <laughs> People, you know, that's another thing I addressed is people are like, Luke Sky, my Luke Skywalker, not my Luke Skywalker, hashtag. You know, he would have never, he would have never done that. And it reminded me of the hate that Nolan got for like, my Batman would never take eight years off. Oh, yeah. It's not your Batman, bro. It's uh, Nolan's Batman and Nolan's Batman. It's set up in Mm -hmm. the first movie in Batman Begins that if Rachel dies, if something happens to her, his life's ruined. He's doing this for her. He, he's. His whole end game is Batman is so he can quit and be with her. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. so of course that wrecked his life. Anyways, on to Luke Skywalker. If you just look at the psychological complexities going on here, okay, it is so deep and layered. Just think about his relationship with his father. And then mm. if you think about the legacy of his father and his relationship to the Force, all right, he's yep. Luke has this romanticized version of the Jedi. But he wasn't even trained by Jedi. No, he was just trained a by few two trainings, people. just well, by Yoda both, and Ben. Right, both Obi Wan Obi- and Yoda have rejected the religion and sought to live out a life, um, just being one with the Force and you know observing the living Force, much like Qui Gon. Which is lessons as we learned in Episode Three that they probably acquired from Qui Gon because he's like, oh, your old masters wants to talk to you or something like that. Remember you would have said that to Obi-Wan. Yes. So like, yeah, that was weird. I didn't get, get that until much later. I went, oh my gosh, you're right. So like oh. they're not even Jedi, but Luke still has this romanticized vision of the Jedi. Cause they're like lore, right? They're legend. And we talk a lot about in this movie, the legend of Luke Skywalker. And he, he talks about himself in the third person. Right. The great. How legend. can he possibly live up? The legend to comes. Right. I can't do any wrong and I can train these kids and pass down my knowledge and training and experience to them. And then things start falling apart because he just relied on his legend. Well, even just from a basal input, like uh, a in point, (laughs) just, just as a psychological (laughs) viewpoint, he, he doesn't want to become Anakin. So that's part of his motivation is he's going to undo the wrong that his father did as Darth Vader. So like, he's going to, through training younglings, it's like he didn't murder all of them. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. So, like, he spent his whole life yep. trying not to be Anakin, and the one second that he sees something that is beyond a danger that he hasn't seen since Palpatine and Vader, he goes to the dark side. So, like... Yes. And he a became his father. the dark side. Turned it on. Yep. Which is something Luke Skywalker oh has God, done. What am I doing? He defeated Darth Vader with using yep. his anger. Yes. He when did. he threatened Leia. So yep. it's it's a tool yep. in his toolbox. He's more at one with the living force than he even realized, but it's that romanticized version of the force in his head, like, oh, it's all flowers and rainbows and the dark side is evil. Yeah. yeah. And that's why later in the movie when Ray's just like, I want to see what's down this hole. He's like, oh, you didn't even look back. Because it's something that he does <laughs> and he knew that it led to the destruction of his order. Mm-hmm. Which yep. I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. Now, what the frig is up with this hole? This this mystery hole and, and the multiple versions of Ray. And I mean, it was kind of like you know Luke when he went. Um, what's Yoda's? Um, that that cave. Yeah, in Dagobah. Where he fought Darth, in Dagobah. That cave where he fought. You know him as Darth Vader. This evil. Which they explore that cave later on. And I remember reading in one of the novels. There was some kind of beacon or strong thing well, with the for, force inside For every the yin, air. there's a yang, right, bud? The what? For every yin, there's a yang. So if this is a place where there's a Jedi temple and it's a pla- a beacon of light, very close by, there's going to be a beacon of dark. Of course. Because but I don't there like has to how be balance. They, they experienced that with her. I mean, that didn't make hardly any sense. Yes, she wanted her parents more than anything and to discover their identity, but when they came up to that fuzzy window and then she just saw herself, I'm going, it's nothing. It didn't give me any closure. 
Well, there you can read into this a million ways, but I don't think we're going to know the answer to it, if at all. But we're definitely not going to find out the answer to it till later. All I can tell you for um, in almost pure certainty is that when she immediately after she talks to Kylo through their force link, yep. which and he she tells him what her fear is, right? That like her parents aren't going to be special and they're never coming back for her, and she just wants to know who they are. He yep. uses that against her later, and I'm pretty sure he's lying to her when he says that they were just paupers and they died at the side of a road or. You know, but he says it, he goes, you know, you know what they are. Right. But say that, it. that means it's the perfect lie for her to believe. It's something she already believes deep down. And he could have read that in her when he was, because they were searching each other's emotions and their thoughts, which is why she was able to dirt. see what the force wanted her to see in him. And he was able to see in her what the force wanted to see in her. Mm-hmm. They're like yep. this yin yang yep. symbol, man. They're just like, they're going to be wrestling with each other until I they hope, start wrestling. I, with I each believe other. it. Yep, yep, and and I I like their performances. I like them, but there was just too many too many things that just didn't give me those warm fuzzy. I had warm fuzzy feelings in in episode, you know, two and episode sure. three, and 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 seeing them, and um, and obviously with the original ones that we grew up with. And, oh yeah, and you you can't go back. You, I know you can't go back. And I know. Um, we're not kids anymore, but but the stuff that Disney just was forcing down my my throat—it's well, not Disney. With the, what do you mean it's not Disney? It's Lucasfilm. Yeah, Lucasfilm. They are they are a separate entity. About. Yeah, 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 yeah. But <laughs> but what they're what they're showing me and and getting, I don't know with with the whole casino scene and some of the I have the a theory about that too. And I'm just, I mean, everything in general, it just didn't. It, it took me out of the movie. It took me out of right. those those great feelings that I, I normally have for the, the line. Well, part of this... So, if you think as a... Uh, the Force Awakens is a refresh. This movie is a reset. So, like, yeah. The Force Awakens was like, nostalgia, nostalgia, nostalgia. We got Han Solo, your favorite character from the original series. We've got all this <laughs> stuff that's going to remind you of what George Lucas loved about the movies... And it's going yep. to make you forget about what George Lucas loved about the movies later on in his life. Yeah. So it's yeah. not going to be all kiddified and all that. This movie is co- is a complete departure from everything George Lucas was trying to do. It is, of course. It is setting the stage for the future of the series. Now, I get that people don't like it. And I'm sure that in 2009, Star Trek fans lost their absolute mind. <laughs> when they oh. did that. You're retconning Kirk's dad. He's now dead. How dare you? Yeah. You know, so it, you know, the, the sci-fi community has already been through this and the Star Trek movies seem to be doing fine. Now people got over it. And I just think that Ryan Johnson is a very capable dude. And I think that his original cut of this movie, and he probably pushed for it was probably more along the lines of two hours, 50 minutes. I think they are just about okay. 20 minutes on the cutting room floor that definitely could have been put in this movie that would have made it smoother. Mm-hmm. I think that there is some issues with pacing, um, in, in especially in some areas, because there's some things in the movie that, that are a little slow, like trying to out when they're trying to just let the uh, rebel ships run out of gas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which, I'm thinking, what the frig is happening? And then they go to that side story of get the, the coder. Right. Which, you know, when they, they meet Vendicio del Toro, I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's awesome. Here's the new Han Solo. He's a badass. He's cool looking. He's he's capable. He can mm-hmm. do sweet things. And then they freaking make him do something where it's it's going to be hard for him to ever come back as a good guy because he freaking sold out the rebellion and right. got all those ships blown up. Well, he, he represents the new normal of the way of the force. I think he is, he's not committed to anything. He's not committed to your side. He's not committed to the dark side. He's, he doesn't care about the first order. And he even Mm -hmm. shows that like, neither do the suppliers for the rebels. They make rebel ships. They make first order ships. Things are not black and white. And I think that, I I think that there's a political message in here about that. Like, you know, they're trying to get a little political, like, Hey people, it's not one side or the other. Most of us live in the middle. Yep, yep. You know, and they they did it with the casino. Look at all these the ultra the one percenters. 
you right. know, running the world and make, getting rich off of all of us. And, but, uh, and I did like his message. Um, you know, this, this is just a go around. This is a continuous circle. The good guys win. Sometimes the bad guys win. Sometimes it's, there is no good guys. There is no bad guys. And yeah. I'm going, Oh man, this is a cool guy. Right. Then, but boom. he turns out to be a bad guy. And this time, wait till they need his help. Cool. Then he might become a good guy. You know, he might grow a conscience. Yeah, you never true. really know. Um, the one you thing don't. I will say is that I totally think that the side quest is maybe the last one we'll ever see in a Star Wars movie. Because if you think about the prequels, especially, they are constantly going on side adventures. Yeah. Like, there was a whole pod racing sequence about a side adventure. You know, and Obi-Wan's <laughs> not even there for most of that part. Yep. yep. So it's like... Finn and Rose, they go down to this thing and they don't accomplish anything. No, that was the craziest part. And I think they that's the point. Nothing. Because first of all, the message is failure is the best teacher. Finn yep. needs some bumps in the road. They need to try to set up a romantic link between Finn and someone else so that we're not confused about the brother-sister relationship that's going on between Ray and Finn. We don't want there to... They don't, they don't want the audience to think that that's going to be a thing, because it's not, because they're obviously setting up that Ben and Ray are going to be romantically linked. Yeah. Which is yeah. also something that if they were um, committed to their respective Sith and Jedi orders, they wouldn't be able to do. Correct, correct. Which, and Disney, you, you alluded to this before, they're in this for the long run. Right. They're thinking 30 years down the road when... Yeah. Kylo Ren and Ray's, I don't know what they're, the actors, Daisy Ridley, Daisy Ridley or whatever and, her uh, name is. Yep. Adam Driver. When they're, yeah, when they're in their 50s, late 50s, when they're, you know, making a movie, the final Star Wars, and they're dying off, their children are going to carry this on. Disney's in for the long game. Sure. They're thinking of, they're going, all right, we're going to rough sketch out how we're going to do this and have contingency plans if this person dies or that person dies. And, yeah, well, they're, they're they're getting they're in the make... business of retconning too because they announced that Ryan Johnson's going to helm an entire trilogy that's going to be before the prequels. What? Yes. The old Republic stuff? I don't think like he's going back that far according to what he says. It's not going to be Old Republic, but it's going to be uh probably leading to the rise of Palpatine, obviously. Uh, or maybe so some uh, what's his name? Palpatine's teacher, you Plagueis the Wise. Plagueis. Have I ever told okay, you the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? <laughs> <laughs> now, what the frig with Snoke? All this, and that's the the thing I liked about The Force Awakens. It gave me a lot of mystery. gave me a lot sure. of anticipation. Okay, who is Rey? Who is this Snoke? Who is all this? Okay, I'm, in, I'm getting invested in these people. And then they frickin' raise no one. Snoke, we never tell you how he, he is so powerful. And who he is, and we just freaking cut him in half. You're going, what the frick? I loved it. You like that? Snoke is a textbook example of a MacGuffin. Okay. I don't know what a MacGuffin is. In film, a MacGuffin is a thing. It's like the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. Right? Yes. Okay. It's something that you throw out there that doesn't mean anything. And it's up to the audience Mm. whether they care about it or not. And if you can get the audience to care about the thing that means absolutely nothing to the story, you have succeeded in creating yourself a dynamite MacGuffin. And there was so much Snoke talk. Is he Plagueis? Is it this person? Is it Jar Jar with his ears cut off? Who is Snoke? Yes. I mean, it was was nonstop. And people probably still don't believe he's actually dead. I mean, that's how crazy it's getting. I'm hearing words because they're saying, look how his face is all cut up. He's been put back together so many times. He's like the Elvis, where they're going to say he's never <laughs> dead, you know? Uh-huh. So, <laughs> he he was a MacGuffin. And if you think about it, it makes perfect sense. He was all up Kylo Ren's butthole, just like, ooh, you're going to be my biggest, baddest boy. You're going to be the yeah. next Darth Vader. And if he idolizes Darth Vader, and, and he thinks Darth Vader is the pinnacle of what can be, he's obviously not even as strong as Vader or Palpatine. So it does make mm. sense that Kylo was able to trick him. Yeah. Because, yeah. as we all know, hubris is the enemy of all Sith. Of course. <laughs> they're just, <laughs> they're standing there just waiting to be killed by their apprentice. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. Count Dooku was Think probably, that. he was so shocked when Palpatine goes, kill him. 
you know so i it it does it makes perfect sense that ben's the one that kills him and it i i actually liked the scene i liked the way that he was able to trick him by pretending to kill ray that shows you the level of skill that uh kylo has of course of course but it also showed kind of how powerful snoke was because he was reading sure his thoughts. Well, he it's thought like he you're was twisting the lightsaber. You're igniting the lightsaber. You're going to kill your true enemy. So yep. he could tell all that stuff. Obviously, he couldn't tell. You know, Ben was uh, deceiving him on who the true target was. But yeah, you could tell he didn't like Snoke from earlier in the movie when he threw his hissy fit in the elevator. Yes, yes. It's like, you know, but he did that on purpose. He goes, "I stoked that inside of you," which was pretty impressive in Snoke's defense going well, okay i'm gonna piss off ben i'm gonna make connect this no no we learned that two. that's all a lie no you didn't How? yeah we well he lied about connecting ben and ray so it's it's safe to assume he was lying about all the other stuff too he could read their minds and he could get assess the situation but he could not control them their link happened he connected them he didn't no lie. he didn't because no. it happens after he's dead yeah, I guess it did happen after. Yeah, the their connection Ooh. happened oh. in The Force Awakens when they she fights back at him. Yep. So they're yep. connected throughout The Force Awakens as well. That's true. That's true. Man, that, that takes a little steam out of my punch. <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean, it's all there on the screen. I'm not. I'm not just making this up. And I've thought a lot about yep. it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I know you have. Um. But why do you think the fans are going freaking bonkers? I mean, I'm going bonkers, and it's a feeling. Everyone's got their own opinions. It, yes. Whether right, wrong, or indifferent. And you're right. But you're my... right for your opinion. You're allowed. But, like, is this a bad movie? No. Is this not the Star Wars movie you wanted? Probably. That's probably the problem. Right. Like, I've and, seen and bad I movies. To, I like it, but I don't love it. Sure. Like, I, I almost loved... Rogue One. I almost loved um, the, La- the Force Awakens, but this one, it's just I had my expectations pretty high. Going okay, it's going to give me those same kind of feelings that. that this last is Jedi way more like Rogue One though than it is any other Star Wars movie. Yeah, and when we talked about this the other day, like I think that most people would agree that The Empire Strikes Back is the pinnacle of all Star Wars movies. But if you take the the yep. six films previous to this new trilogy it's the one that feels the least like star wars it's certainly exactly so i don't know like because this movie doesn't feel like star wars should not be a strike against it like um of course it should perspective they're running with the ball hey just keep keep status quo if it's not broke don't fix it but the if the best movie doesn't feel like star wars yeah you know what I mean? I mean, so it there's a legacy of trying different things. And remember, is, but it's the one that George Lucas didn't have his hands on at all either that feel didn't feel like Star Wars because Irving Kirshner directed it. Now, you could say Return of the Jedi was directed by Richard Marquand, but it wasn't. George Lucas was on set every day. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. It, he had his hands on five of the six previous films. Yep, yep. And, and from what I understand that... Uh... Mark Hamill had a conversation with George Lucas, and George Lucas had all these other ideas um, about how Han Solo should have died, and you know either Luke or Leia should have witnessed this, and all these other wonderful ideas that um, you know Mark was on on board with, and he said, and "I guess this interview just came out today." Um, and Mark goes, "Yeah, they totally denied any of Lucas's input with right. uh, many of these." pivotal um pivotal scenes and whatnot and direction and granted yeah lucas dropped the ball on some of the stuff and you know quite arguably the worst thing did he yeah what'd you say i don't what? so for the last 20 years almost 20 years um the prequels were a bane to my existence yeah like i hated them like there there was something wrong with them and, the, you know, hashtag not my prequels, just like every other <laughs> douchebag out in the world. But, you know, as I've gotten older, I realize that, okay, A, it's his movie. Right. He is the master of the universe, as you would say. Two, mm-hmm. it's his money. 
True. He financed all of them except for the first Star Wars. Yep. yep. Okay, so he put his money where his mouth was, and he made something that in under the surface of those movies, it is unbelievably ambitious. And I think that's what we have here. There is so much subtext in this movie that we're getting lost looking at the gloss on the surface. We're not seeing it for what it is. And like, because I think it's the force awakens syndrome. They showed us this pretty thing that was like, Ooh, star Wars blowing up another death star. It's just like you always yeah. wanted. And it, yep. it was so banal and it was so, you know, shallow that when we get something like this, that is so nuanced and there's so much going on, that we're like, ugh, we have to think about the movie we just watched? I didn't have to think that hard, though. I mean, I don't think there was a lot. I mean, a few of these things that you're you're bringing up are points that are like, oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. Um, Especially about the the shocker you just informed me about, how <laughs> Snoke lied that he didn't connect right. um, Ben and, and Ray, which, which I didn't think about that because they connected after his death. Right. But... A lot of the other stuff, I, I didn't think it was very cerebral. It was more just uh, well, okay, it's all, taking me but it's on not, a, not a ride. on the surface. You know what I mean? It's underneath. Like if you want to think about, if you want to know the answer to what the reflections mean in the dark side place, it's probably in the movie somewhere. They probably say yeah. it. Or they'll. Yeah, I doubt it. You really I, I bet you gonna... it's a throwaway line you didn't even think of. You know, like in Rogue yeah. One, when uh, Felicity Jones goes, uh, blah, 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 hyperspace tracking. It's just this throwaway line, and it ends up being a huge plot point in this movie. That's very true. You know, so I... Very true. It, who knows? They they are paying very close attention to what's going on. And, you know, I think, I think a lot of the hate is just coming from it not feeling right. Yeah. Which yeah. I kind of agree with, but I didn't mind the way it felt. Does that make sense? Did you? How did you feel when you're watching those freaking jackal type dog things running through the town? And I, I'll tell you how I felt. I felt like I was watching pod racing again. Is how I freaking felt. I'm going this. The, you know what I'm talking about? The dogs running. Yeah, through the, the, the crystal town. dogs. Oh no, those yeah, things. No, just... Oh yeah, yeah. So at by the time they got there, and the thing that really made me believe, like I almost knew immediately oh, this is a misnomer, they're not going to be able to shut this down, was because the thing they were going after looked just like the flux capacitor. Yeah. I was like, this is <laughs> this is not real. This is, there's something, there's something else going on. It's either going to lead them to something else. Like every episode of The Simpsons, right, you start off with, we're going to go to Paris, but they end up going to the dog store and they find a talking <laughs> dog. You know what I mean? It's, yep, yep. it's always a, they always walk uphill, then fall down backwards. Of course. And so I thought it was going to be something like that. Uh, It turned out that they're just wasting their time, which I think was just to establish a romantic connection between Finn and someone else, and plus to mock the prequels and their side quests. But Yeah, no way did they want to mock the prequels. I think they might have. (laughs) No way. People have a huge problem, too, with, oh, how come the Star Destroyer can't destroy the, the cruiser with its cannons and blah, blah, blah. Like, there's problems people have with that. And then mm-hmm. they have a problem with, I think, Princess Leia's lover turning the ship around and not doing that earlier. Uh, yes. Des- destroying the Star Destroyers earlier. I think she thought they couldn't mm-hmm. track their systems. Little did they know Benicio Del Toro learned all about them and told told the First Order how to track them. Like, those, those are things she couldn't account for, which is why she didn't do it immediately. Of course. I mean, she was already willing to lover? sacrifice. Oh, that was... You think that was her lesbian lover? I think so, the way they were looking at each other. I think it's in subtext there that they were... Yeah, they, they kind of did have that longing look at one another. You know? Yep, yep. Ain't no man gonna keep Goodness. Princess Leia down. She. <laughs> she's the butch in that relationship, oh, I guarantee it. Yeah, yeah. But they're not gonna explore that, because obviously it's... Oh, they're it's both... Bi-guns no longer going to be in the films. <laughs> exactly. But saying all that, how dope was the splitting up of the ships? The splitting up of the ships. When she mean? went into light speed and destroyed the dreadnought and all the star destroyers. Oh, you know what came to mind? The sound. I loved the 
because the, the sound for each like Death Star or planet or things that explode, they, they kind of try to make it look visually stunning and is also different sounds. Yes. And I loved that sound. That was a, I, I can't even replicate it, but that's what it was awesome. And the use of the white lights exploding and oh, whatnot. Yeah. And then that, that just whatever sound was so unique. It wasn't just the, the stock sound button that they just fill in blank here. They did something really cool. And I'm like, oh, I love it. I did. And then, then that. right after those noises, it went silent. Yes. You know, yeah. and it was that, that was cool. It I'll let it sink that. in. I really enjoyed that. Yes. Yes. I, I did like that. See, there's and Grant. The problem with a movie like this and what, like, the other thing people aren't really realizing is George Lucas based these movies and Indiana Jones on stuff he watched when he was a kid. So, like, these samurai films and these Saturday morning serials, they were all were filled mm-hmm. with tropes. Like, the hero is always going to do this. The villain's always going to do this. So they're paying homage to those types of things and not going outside of the, like, they're not going to make an art film. They're going to follow those tropes and they're going to do those tropey things that we all know about. They're speaking a certain type of film language. So, like, them running away and all getting picked off one by one is, like, it's almost like every escape you've ever seen in a film. You know, like, you know, when there's a powerful enemy and there's just these enemies fleeing. I mean, look at Saving Private Ryan when they all hop out of the boat on Omaha Beach. They all get just mowed down in the landing craft. It's like, oh, (laughs) Yeah. Oh God. Welcome to this rated R film. <laughs> yep. You know, yep. so sure. there is a film language they have to keep to, and I, like I didn't have a problem with it because of it's yeah. Oh, you're reusing this. I've seen it before. Yeah, <laughs> you saw it before in Star but, Wars, and and it and it works. Right. Um, what did you? And you, I think you told me that you figured it out, but I, I still can't believe you did this. <laughs> um. So. When they retreat, they go on that base. They're hunkered in with the big steel door. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, which, again, I'm like, what is, how is this door kind of sealing them? I mean, what's their end game? Which they didn't have one. And then no. Luke shows up, and he's got this freaking brown beard. Right. And before you see him on this island, he's got this gray beard. Mm-hmm. And the first thought in my mind, I was like, oh, my God, the Internet. How did, how did they miss this? Because, you know, you watch the movies and whatnot, and someone, you know, they pan away, and someone's got their collar up, they go to him, collar down, they go back to him, the collar up. Like, they they miss they mess it up or whatever. Right. Um, and the, the person that's in charge of trying to find Continuity. those misses it. <laughs> and I'm going, how did this giant error happen? <laughs> and it's just, I, it was taking me out of the movie. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't wait to go jump on the internet and just see who lost their job over this this beard thing right and lo and behold when uh, when he's a freaking not a hologram but a force projection right it freaking blew my mind i was like no whoa that, i mean that that really shocked me that that tricked me which i like i like th- being surprised as well i thought for a split second well did he cut his hair but then i was like no he wouldn't <laughs> dye his beard what's he got like jedi just for men <laughs> Just for Jedi? <laughs> then I was like, no, he's a force projection. He's projecting himself the same way that Ben saw him last to get to him. Yeah. If he saw him as a more frail version of that man, he wouldn't have been, he probably wouldn't have been so adamant as to go like, we have to kill him. And as soon as he stood yeah. out of the crater in the glass, I was like, yep, he's definitely a force projection. It's something I had I never seen before, so that's brand new. Right, right. I thought he was like blocking all that stuff, or just had learned this new freaking thing about reading the the Jedi text, the books. I'm like, well, oh, maybe he learned a new skill. We know it's possible because okay. Kylo already said to Ray, "How are you doing this?" And then he says a foreshadowing line: "You couldn't be doing this. You're not strong enough. The strain would kill you. Kill you. Yes. And yes, that's what that happens to Luke. Exactly. Which explains why." You know, Luke died because he freaking used up all his energy and kind of pulled a Yoda at the end. Of, yep. Went to the yeah. Force. It was cool when he saw the twin sons of Tatooine. Yeah. The going I, home at again. At first, I didn't know what was happening. I thought I saw, like, something in the sky, like, something in the sun. There's a black mark. I'm like, yeah, people are speculating the crap out of that. <laughs> oh, are they really? Oh, okay, yeah. 
And then he starts like disappearing. And I go, you pissed me. Oh, that, that pissed me off. I was mad. It, that's kind of the final straw. I went, no, this is not the way you die. I needed you to well, die. Well, he's not dead. Way. But, I mean, Force Ghost is still dead. You don't know. Yoda has shown that you can interact with the real world in a very, very interesting way. He brought lightning down on a tree. Which was total a shocker. So, like, Mark what Hamill's would... role in these movies is nowhere near done. Yeah, yeah, I, I know, and I get some solace out of that. Um, here's here's something I wanted to get your opinion on. Okay. So, when Luke and Kylo are facing off, and he's like, if you strike me down, I'll become more powerful, just like Obi said to Darth mm-hmm. Vader before Darth, you know, hit him and he disappeared. So, he then he says, just like your your father, I don't know if he said Darth Vader or Anakin, you still see him or something like that, which he's talking about Han. What's that? He's talking about Han. Oh, was he talking about Han? Yeah. What he's talking about, I think is he's being metaphorical about the power of killing um, someone out of hate that you don't necessarily hate. Cause he says specifically when you strike me down out of hate yep, and not out of duty or not out of service or whatever, he's like, but what he basically says is it will haunt you. And he, that's when he says, you see your father's face, don't you? Your father. Oh, okay. I confused it when he said father's face for some reason. I'm, I was thinking Darth Vader, but that's his grandpa. No, not my father. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. That, never mind. I'll take that point away. But where, where is Anakin? It, it kind of roundabouts to my point. Where is Anakin? Anakin's a force ghost. You see him at, the the freaking Ewok village. Why doesn't right. he come back and is like, hey, Kylo, I messed up. Don't go down. Hey, what are you doing? Well, they're on a salt planet, which is really close to sand. So he's probably somewhere on an ocean planet. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where's Ben? Where's I think they're having issues with, obviously, you can't just throw these force ghosts in here because who's going to play Qui-Gon? Are they ever going to be able to get Neeson back? Obviously, you're going to have right. McGregor, but who's going to play Anakin? Do you really want Hayden Christensen back? Like, they're probably juggling all this, like, as far as where they're going to go with Force Ghosts. Um, mm-hmm. They knew they could do Yoda because Frank Oz is still alive and well, and they can make a puppet. So, But they didn't make the puppet look totally, like, yeah. why can't they use a one-to-one scale? I had an issue go, with hey, that, too. What's, I mean, the puppet didn't look right. His His head looked a little jacked up. Look a you little know, fatter, and I went. We talked about this, this like puppet? before. Um, why didn't they have a fan do it? Maybe they did. You know, they had a fan uh, build R two for the Force Awakens, right? They used a fan's. I could, I could freaking build R two. Come on, <laughs> right? But I mean, like maybe they just relied on a fan who had already had a Yoda puppet. That's a little chintzy that they relied on a fan I instead don't know. of going, "Hey, we'll drop twenty grand and." It worked it well right. enough. It worked all right in most scenes, but I don't know. It still took me out of it. It was nowhere near the freaking prequels, Yoda. Oh, no. You're like, oh, when they tried the puppet in episode one. Oh, my God. That was horrible. It was a bad puppet. It was a real bad. I think the puppeteer was, or the the puppet master was drunk. They tried to make him look younger, which, like, oh, so he's only 870 years old? Who cares? <laughs> You're shaving exactly. 30 years off of a millennial. Who's, he's going to look pretty much the same. He's different over the Ugh. small time frame. Ridiculous. Oh, God. It is. It is very ridiculous. But yeah, less is more. I guess they don't want like four force ghosts showing up and talking over one another. Yeah, three's already a crowd. I mean, geez. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, yep, Mark will be... Luke will be a force ghost. Hopefully hope. he'll help. He'll help. You know, and I would love to see Qui-Gon. I, I would too. But he's not really connected to any of those guys. But he's not like a part of the living force. He is. But people would be like, who are you again? What? And when you think about his connection to the force, um, and the fact that Skywalkers, are, their lineage is the force. Yeah. You know, and a lady yeah. named Shmi. That's and a lady named Shmi. Yeah. You know, but they were born of the Force. That's why their Force is so strong with them. And that's 
why their lineage is so important, which is why Ben's so important. But this brings up the the question that is Ray: Is her lineage another MacGuffin, mm-hmm. or is she like a descendant of Plagueis? You know, there's or Palpatine. Palpatine. Yeah. <laughs> well, Palpatine seems right. too rigid in his belief in the Sith, whereas Plagueis searched out the Force to an extent where he learned how to resurrect people from the dead, which would almost certainly be a light side power. Yep. Which is why Palpatine never learned it. What he was able to do, what Palpatine was able to do, was to siphon life off Padme to save Anakin. So that would obviously be the reverse of that. That would be the dark side version. Ah, good point. Very good point. So I think a gray, I wouldn't want to say Jedi, a gray force wielder, a gray, what would we call someone between a Jedi and a Sith? Jeez, old Pete's. Um... Nope, I'm sure they'll come out with a name. Let's just bearer. say a gray master. A, a bearer. Okay. A, a bearer. force bearer. A tape. Yeah. Err, bears. So yeah, he he was probably <laughs> through his uh, you know, study of the living force, he was probably able to jettison some of his Scythian beliefs. And that's probably what cost him his life. Yeah, yeah. Indeed, indeed. You know, going back to Qui-Gon. We don't know how how much uh, did Darth Maul ever die? No, I haven't watched. Okay, so we don't know how how Maul's age. So if Darth Maul's like an old being or whatnot, and he comes back with those robot legs, oh, well, he did. How bad do I spoil this for you? He's dead. Oh, he died in in the. I'm not going to say when the rebels yet. I'll just say he's dead. Oh. Okay, gotcha. By the time that we're talking about. Um, Episode four, he's dead. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Because that that would be the only link where they could feasibly go. Hey, let's bring back Qui Gon and help him freaking defeat. But whatever. I, yeah, I, I mean, digress. There's other force sensitive people out there, like the little kid with his broomstick. Yeah, the broomstick wasn't attached to his hand. Was I? Was that my eyes? Like he grabbed the broomstick from yes. the wall short distance without touching it right yes which i didn't catch the first time i watched it the second well, time then he uses it, it and stands there like it's a lightsaber so you can see in silhouette that he's going to be a jedi right that's yes. the message there yep yep that's so. cool and then i'm again there ain't nothing they can do um that's really gonna just turn me off totally from the series i'm always gonna be uh, a star wars fan but I'm just seeing a lot of hate. I'm seeing some horrible, horrible hate. Heck, I commented on a guy's status that's pretty um, prominent in the Star Wars community and the YouTube community, and he was uh, giving a lot of hate toward the film without even watching it. Oh, wow. And I said, oh, yeah. And I and I commented on his post. I said, hey, I, I wasn't a huge fan of it either, but you should at least watch it so you can give points more articulated points on why you don't like it give you proof and oh my his fans and followers tore me a new one wow it was crazy it was weird but i just couldn't see the rationale of i'm not gonna give them money and sit down i go okay i'll start a gofundme page for a 15 dollar ticket for you so you have to spend your own money go see the freaking movie well i have a movie pass so it didn't cost me anything extra to see it perfect (laughs) Uh, yeah, yeah. but people people like to be passionate very divisive and I get it like I do get it and like I've been a proponent obviously of this movie and about all the things about it but Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean I don't see that there's some problems with it and and I get all the arguments like you came to me right now with some really good questions and some really good problems that on the surface are problems in the movie but they're explained in other places. Yeah. But I mean, that's yeah. not a, that's not a casual viewer type of movie either. Of course. That is course. a star Wars fans movie. Yep. Yep. So I think that does create a problem. And, and we'll give it the kid test. I mean, if kids fall in love with it, I mean, my daughter went to see it, but she hasn't talked about it in the two days since we watched it. Yeah. The first one force awakens. She's talking about Finn and Ray. And oh yeah. Talking about them this time. She wasn't really, I don't know. And it just sinks in. The other thing, like, that I've seen a lot of, and I got a buddy who's like, 
why does it have to be a girl protagonist? Mm. Gotcha. And the the setup oh. is no different than the original trilogy. You've got a girl and two guys are your leads. So what is the issue? Is it because now she's yeah. the one wielding the force? I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, there's a shift uh, starting with, uh, you know, Aliens movie when you got Sigourney Weaver being a badass well, yeah. female role. And but he's a huge fan of the gotten. original trilogy. And who would you say is the in strongest the, character in the original trilogy? In the original Star Wars trilogy, you're yeah. saying? Not Leia. I would say yeah. it's Leia. Yeah, maybe. I, I guess she, she's, she's, she's a, the connective the tissue. and whatnot. Right. With the... Eh, eh, she I don't saves know. them on the eh. Death Star and she leads them, you know, in, to battle. That's true. So I don't, I, I'd say she's maybe, you know, obviously an argument can be made for Luke because he's all full of the force and whatnot. But, you know, mm-hmm. a strong and, female well, character should not be an 20 issue. Years. Yeah, in another 20 years, they'll make the, the strong lead character a male, you know, and this keeps recycling. Sure, when over men are all pussified and they're not allowed to be dudes anymore. Yeah, that's true. That's kind of how our world is. <laughs> It'll be all taboo to have like a strong male, and they'll be like, oh, "How dare you? <laughs> how dare you? I have to put my purse down and go watch this new movie." Uh oh, you're gonna get your podcast censored. Now we're gonna have the ultra left feminist movement against your podcast. Oh, they don't listen to this. They like know that. already that it is not politically correct here. <laughs> I say right, words like right. "retarded." Oh, oh, you you say the R word? I do. Oh my. Taking oh, it back. Geez. We're gonna I I'm feeling butthurt right now. <laughs> Snowflake. <laughs> yeah. So you got anything uh, else? Any other problems with the movie off the top of your head? I'm sure I do, but nothing's nothing's really blatant. I mean, the biggest ones care uh the space scene, mm-hmm. the friggin' whole casino thing and, yeah. and um shoving the one percenters. Which is more of a political agenda in my mind, where they want to go. Hey, right. this is the state of our nation right now, um, and I, I love diversity. But when it's so blatant, obvious, where they go, we need to have a character from every single. It's just it feels right. like a commercial where you, where you go, okay, we have to have an Asian, an African American, white person, a male, a female, and they have to sprinkle it evenly everywhere. Um, again. There's there's much greater problems in the world, and I understand why they're doing it. And there's a lot of positive to it. It's just, I guess, I'm more hyper. Well, it's a financial decision more than anything. Oh, of course, because you got to. Well, you want every community to yeah, have I mean, a relatable character. It's going to make three times as much worldwide as it does domestically. Yeah, you know, yeah. so you got to have some Chinese people in there. They're big moviegoers. Maybe an Indian person, or at least a. A West Asian person, you know, like they, Riz Ahmed was in Rogue One, and you had Diego Luna, who was a Mexican dude. He, he, it makes sense. The goths, White people aren't of representative of the entire world, and as much as we like to think they are, um, no, you know, I, I know we're not. I hate white people just as much as the next guy, so it is what it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got this Indian in me that remembers. <laughs> <laughs> ah yes, they never forget. Never they forget. even represented the Goths with the purple hair. Oh well, it was like home. the Lebanese, if you will. Yeah. So yeah. it, you know, I can see. I don't know. Do you just want a bunch of white dudes walking around? They're you. No, you don't. And I was pissed. I'm mad that Lando. They couldn't fit him in there. Billy B. Williams. Dead. I'm going. I need to see him at the casino or something. Let's yeah, well, he had Nien Nub, and if he's not hanging out with Nien Nub, I think Lando might be dead. <laughs> but they didn't establish that, and when they got the real actor, I, I read a um, um, an article about that where they interviewed him, and he's he's like, no, they never asked me, and they, they interviewed the, the director, um, the writer, and it's like, you know, why didn't you include Lando? And they just said, we couldn't figure out a good place to put him right. in the plot line. Um where does it, it make sense? It's not going to happen. And where is it just masturbating? You know, because you're just like, oh, Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, we need Star Wars. We have to have everything Star Wars. But the casino, he's a freaking gambler, you know? Yeah, they he is. They could have had a, him sitting there. 
He's a known gambler. But, but again, they made the gambling society so evil, and uh, they control. They didn't want to probably tarnish his his reputation by putting him in that that crowd. I don't think they. Tr- I don't think the gambling crowd was necessarily evil as much as it was just not good. Yeah, I think they're exploring gray areas a lot more. You know, and yeah, I get the message. The one percent's evil, but they also pay over half the taxes in America. So without them, yeah, you'd have yeah. none of your benefits. It is what it is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's, nothing's ever going to be perfect. No. Until we go to heaven. And then well, we can watch. Or we, we can make Force our Ghosts. own Star Wars movies in heaven. Yeah, there you go. Ooh, George Lucas is going to beat that. us there more than likely. So That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll still be making Star Wars movies. Have you ever, again, type in, for all your pod listeners, type in George Lucas Mad TV. Oh, boy. There's a, there's a skit of uh, a funny, funny actor playing George Lucas, and he's drunk, and he dresses up like an Ewok, and it was it's so funny. You got to oh, see it. Oh, that's funny. I will check that out later. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, you as it it, like a final comment, like, the thing that I, I commented on Reddit this the other day, and I, it did not get received well, but... Mm. everybody just absolutely crapped on George Lucas for, I don't know, the last 18 years about ruining their childhood. I felt bad for him. I to the point did, where yeah. he, he's like, fine, I'll never make these again. And he sold the company. So now you're all pissed yeah. off because this movie doesn't feel like a George Lucas Star Wars movie. Well, you got what you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. We ran him out of office. Be careful what you wish for. That's true. You know, I mean, you Wise want work. this is what you wanted. You wanted the... You wanted the reins out of the hand of the old man who didn't have anybody around him who said no, which I get. He yeah. should have never shot those yep. movies 100% green screen. I get it. Yep. yep. You know, but that doesn't mean that they're, he didn't try, you know, I no. don't know. Just He'll we, be always Grandpa Lucas to me. Right. He'll be the man who created the thing that I loved more than anything else in my childhood. You know, I didn't have a dad growing up, but I did have Star Wars, and mm-hmm. I escaped to it. I don't. I before I was eighteen, I probably saw the original trilogy a thousand times. I I don't. I believe you. You know. So and it, unfortunately, I only I only had Empire on VHS, <laughs> so that's the only one I watched a million times. Like I watched Empire out. so many freaking times, and I never. And then I only sprinkled in Return and uh, New Hope. (laughs) Oh, man. I remember growing up, Adam, he was also on this podcast. He had given me his his dad used to record everything off the movie channel. This is how far back this goes. There was a channel called The Movie Channel, and it was a premium channel. He recorded the Star Wars movies off of there. And I remember it was a big deal when they were on. And I wore that tape out. It had all three of them on there. And, like, the quality sucked. It wasn't very good. And remember, for all you young listeners out there, there used to be this thing called Columbia House, mm-hmm. where you'd get 15 VHSs for a penny, and but then you'd have to buy 10 more over the next five years or some bullcrap. They tried to rope you in. But, With $12 shipping or right, something. Right, exactly. It was a ripoff. But my mom yep. got for me for my birthday the, the re-release VHS copies that I think came out in 89... And holy crap, my mind was blown. I was like, I can see everything so crisp and clear. Like, I never knew in Jedi. <laughs> and if people watch those now. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> they would laugh. This is garbage. I didn't know, like, in Jedi, growing up with the copy that I had from the movie channel, I didn't know that when Luke is shoving that thing into the Rancor's mouth, I had no idea it was a bone. <laughs> it, <laughs> no. This, what's this PVC pipe? It was, exactly. It just looked like a stick. I was like, oh, it's a stick. <laughs> And then I was right. I, that's that's when it blew my mind because I was like, it's a bone. <laughs> yes. You know what? There's there's I can't remember specifics, but I had the same kind of thing growing up where I had, it was so fuzzy, fuzzy. And and then when I finally got to see them uh, in higher quality, I'm like, oh, my God, I never noticed that. Or that holy great? crap, I thought it was something totally different. But I wish I could remember the specific thing like the bone part, but. Yeah. You're right. That's exactly how it was. And I'm sure I have them sitting around someplace, my old <laughs> copy, which would be horrible. You upload that to YouTube and people would rip it a new one. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man. So 
I think we've covered uh, the Last Jedi pretty well. Um, yes. After this discussion, did it? Do you feel any different about it? I do. I am very thankful I had it because it's uh, talking with you know someone like you that reignites the passion in me. I'm, I'm surrounded by a lot of negativity associated with this movie, and you're still holding the torch that it uh, again it has its problems, but overall. Star Wars, right? And it's like a crazy uncle. We gotta love him no matter what. Um, so I, I it did kind of make me think a little bit more. And so instead of you know being a five on my ten, one to ten list or one to, not list, but rating one to one out of ten, you made it go up a six. So I applaud you for doing that. Oh, okay, well that's good. I think I rated it a nine. Okay, yeah, I really really and enjoyed a, it. And a seven. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really enjoyed it. it. You know, there's, there, you know, I think Logan was ten out of ten. I think I rated that ten out of ten. Uh, so what? Oh yeah. No. Oh yeah. Dude, they should have made it more of the comic book adaptation. Oh my god, it would have been a thousand times better. They can now, but they couldn't then. Why? Because oh, because of the Marvel does or Fox doesn't own the Hulk. Universal does. That's right. I forgot. And about then that. there's Hawkeye. There's Captain America. There's the Red Skull. That would be a you know they could do it now, but they couldn't do it then. Oh my God! And that scene in the comic where Red Skull had all of the oh yeah superheroes accessories. <laughs> oh, so good. Yes. So good. All right. I will talk about that some other episode. Yeah, I've gone over Logan a lot. In fact, we recorded a whole Logan episode a little while ago, and I expressed to them that when I was watching uh, Hugh Jackman stab people through the head. With his uh, claws, I started crying. I was so happy. <laughs> I was like, thank you. Oh, gosh. Thank you, James Mangold, for making my dreams come true. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> oh, and you know, you, thank you, Ryan Johnson, for making... Oh, man, you, you took a huge swing. You and Lucasfilm took a huge swing with this movie. I think you connected. I think the ball's still in the air. Um, we're going to see how this trilogy plays out before I can really make a judgment whether or not this was a worthwhile thing. And like as of right now, I believe The Force Awakens is a fun movie. I believe The Last Jedi is a solid movie. And we'll see what Episode mm-hmm. Nine does. But like the, the thing that I think most is this trilogy is going to be a transition to something that is even bigger and better. And uh, we've got that to look forward to. I know that's a huge waste of three movies, but we all know that Disney will allow a studio to take its time to tell the right story. Indeed. As uh, Marvel Indeed. has been doing so great. I mean, do we really want the DC version of Star Wars movies? <laughs> right. I don't think we want Justice League all up in this biz. Nope. So, so I'll nope. be happy with uh, The Last Jedi. Uh, that's that's where I'm going to leave that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I got to say about that. And that's all I got to say about that. Uh, well, <laughs> thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, if we talked too long, yeah, suck it. Uh, and thanks, yeah. Justice, for uh, hanging out here. Is there anything you want to plug? I know you're an internet icon as of sorts. <laughs> yeah, the, with my two followers. In the YouTube. toy collecting no, community. I, if, if someone wants to uh, type in my name on YouTube, it's Justice, J-U-S-T-I-C-E, and the last name Curry, C-U-R-Y. Um, I have several videos that uh, gets pretty good feedback um, about my passions, which is vintage He-Man, uh, vintage G.I. Joe. And when I say vintage G.I. Joe, I mean the 80s, three and three quarters. Yes. My video games and humanoids, visionaries, uh, you name it. Um, I talk about it and just uh, explore my passion. So hit me up on YouTube. Um, if yeah, that's your, if that's your passion, show, I really appreciate it. Uh, Justin here is a great guy to get a hold of. He he's a an avid collector and a very passionate guy about '80s toys, especially He-Man and uh, GI Joe. I've seen the collection; it's all mint on card. It's all gorgeous. Yeah, I get a nerd boner every time I walk in the room. So, <laughs> I know. Like, put that thing away. <laughs> it's in my heart. <laughs> I can't put it away. Right. <laughs> Oh, so guys, uh, have a let's see this. This will come out mm, today. I'm going to put it out today. So have a merry Christmas. Uh, join us on uh, Saturday at our normal time for Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, a uh, not not conventional um, uh, Christmas movie, but I think we all really enjoyed it. We all enjoyed that discussion there. So thanks again, Justin, and uh, I'm Joe, yes. and we will see you guys later. 
Bye-bye. Yay, Ryan Johnson. Thanks for listening to these idiots. I cannot wait until the seas finally take over. Until then, rate and review the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, and visit us at moviedummies.com for more content. <laughs>